Hey guys, welcome back. I hope you've all been having a great time. This is the RR Show, and today we are jumping into a little bit of r slash pro revenge. A little bit of good fun as always. So, let's uh, just get on with it, shall we? Jumping straight in with our first story today, posted by SC2SuperJack. Mock the disabled? Justice is served many years later. Now streaming only on Disney Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Now streaming only on Disney Plus. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the Plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This is a story about a piece of shit receiving their deserved karma several years later. Many years ago, I worked in the lovely career of retail. It's sadly normal for there to be a constant flow of shop scum that make you despise their existence. And there are those that are so horrific that what they do is burned into your mind forever. Fortunately, one of these unforgettable moments allowed me to exact my revenge. I'd only worked in retail for one year in this newly built store and was starting to settle in, getting to know the great customers and understanding that some people shouldn't be allowed outside. Which, being a shy person who hates conflict, wasn't the best. But hey, at least one of my customers was an absolutely adorable elderly lady who always made the time to talk and was just an absolute joy to be with. It had been some weeks since I'd last seen her, but one morning, I see her car parked in the disabled parking bay. She's elderly and she's already got a blue badge. Only this time she hobbled out of the car on crutches with a cast on her leg. I didn't have a chance to talk to her yet, when a works truck, which did not have a blue disabled badge, pulled into the disabled space next to her, and out jumped a perfectly able 40s builder with their teenage kid. Well. This little old lady was having absolutely none of this and also must have absolutely massive pools of steel. She stood up to this ignorant builder, politely informing them that they shouldn't be parking there as is for the disabled and they're clearly not disabled and don't have a badge. What happened next, I can't forget. This builder decided that the best course of action was to humiliate and insult this poor elderly lady on crutches, accuse her of faking her disability, and claim the cast on her leg was fake and that she's probably doing it to milk the benefit system for as much money as possible. Then walks off, putting on the world's most overly dramatic fake limp, all the time laughing away with their teenage kid whilst the old lady stood there in shock. Sadly, being one who lacks courage, I did absolutely nothing about it. 
and that would stick with me forever. I tried feebly to ask a manager later to do something about it, but they didn't care or want to get involved. For years I worked in this store, always seeing this scumbag builder come in and out. Fortunately, I never interacted with this scum builder, but I saw them often. And every time I did, I would always remember what they had done vividly. I would still see them park in the disabled bays, and even got to the point where I'd recognize them by the large blue Mercedes they drove. Seven years later, I'm still working in this store, and this scum was still parking in the disabled and looking like an absolute cunt. Now this year, I was blessed with good fortune, and our store was outfitted with some absolutely joyful equipment. Due to the high number of complaints, our store had set up a company to deal with the parking violations. But instead of having external parties come in and ticketing cars, the staff of the store were giving the ticketing machine and it was our duty to go to the car park and record any cars that violated the parking rules. This was all done digitally. There was no paper tickets on the cars. This was brilliant. As soon as I found out, I knew what I was going to do. It didn't take long for me to learn how to use the machine, and it certainly didn't take long for me to have the opportunity to get revenge. And so, it began. There were three rules for parking, and if you break these three rules, there's a lovely £80 fine each time it happened. The first rule. No parking in disabled without a badge. And I know well that the scum builder is certainly violating this rule. And it wasn't long until I saw him next. And as soon as he entered the store, I quickly scurried out with a ticketing machine. Lo and behold, there was an oversized blue Mercedes in the closest disabled bay, with no badge. I smashed them car details in with some well-shot photos and sent the report off so that they would receive a lovely letter and a fine that they needed to pay. That's not enough though, no, 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 no. It takes a few weeks for the tickets to go through the system and actually get to the people, which grants me the opportunity to constantly ticket their parking violations before they know anything about it. Because as you would expect, the scum would always park in disabled, and as I worked at the front of the store, I would always know when they had parked. After ticketing their car, dozens of times, the scum unfortunately learned their lesson, as the oversized blue Mercedes no longer appeared in disabled parking bays. But as you would expect, scumbag would still be scumbags, and they'd find their new parking space inside the child parking. Rule number two, don't park inside child parking without a child. Had this scumbag gotten enough, I thought? Oh, of course not. They haven't learnt their lesson. They're continuing to be a complete wanker and park in the child and parent parking, which we didn't have many spaces for. At this point, I knew all their car details by heart and would gleefully fill out the ticket machine as I skipped over to their car violating the child parking spaces and take photos needed for them, including shots of their car seats that bear no child seats in them. And as had become routine, this once again carried on for a few weeks more, 
tickets being created and eventually they start receiving the fines. Fortunately, me being me, I'm completely invisible to others and often get overlooked. And I've yet to be seen or caught. But of course, all good things must eventually come to an end. When the scum came into the shop, their blue turd automobile was no longer there in child parking or disabled. Has this scumbag finally learned their lesson? Would you be surprised if they had not? It did not take me long to find them. Rule number three. You must park inside a marked bay. Oh, and what a surprise! Mr. Scumbag still manages to fuck this up. They would park over the line, taking two spaces up. Well, guess what? That's a job for me and my ticket machine. Trying to park inside taxi parking, but can't fit the big-ass car in it. Boom. That ain't inside a marked bay and ka-ching, another ticket and a fine for them. Have one single wheel slightly over the white line of a bay? Well, guess who technically broke the rule? That's right, Mr. Scumbag did. And there goes another few more weeks of fun, until eventually Scumbag runs out of ways they can possibly break the rules, and our company hires externally to start ticketing cars, so my beloved weapon of justice goes to rest. Now I know what people are probably going to say, that all these fines are not enforceable because of blah 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 blah. I honestly don't care for a few reasons. Firstly, I'm being paid to do this, so either way my time or money isn't wasted. Secondly, it did have an effect as they repeatedly changed their parking habits. And thirdly, even if they don't end up paying, they're still going to spend a fuck ton of time and effort trying to overturn them. Over and over again. Being constantly harassed by tickets. Overall, if all the fines were counted and added up, they would have received thousands of pounds of fines, building up over time for being a scumbag. Cherry on top, about three years later, I walk by this piece of scum on the car park and watch as they scream at some innocent dude in a high-vis jacket, accusing them of being the one for giving them all the parking fines. Which put me at peace, knowing this must have seriously got to them and cost them to still be raving mad three years later. This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. Imagine how confused the guy in the fluorescent vest must have been. Some guy just comes up to him and starts screaming at him about nonsense he knows nothing about. He's just stood there like, you, you what, mate? What? <laughs> Our next story is from Crafty Bureaucrat. I orchestrated a vast conspiracy to get a co-worker fired. I used to work at a hospital data center in the network operations group. We physically sat in a room 24-7 next to the servers to make sure things didn't catch fire, monitored for alerts, and did routine things like swap out tape backups. But it was pretty simple work. This was ostensibly a tech job, but there were people who had been there for many years 
back when you had to change out printer paper and run a command from an IBM mainframe. It was on really specialized hardware and software that was difficult to apply elsewhere, so it had become a dead-end job. And because there were people who weren't tech-savvy at all really, we weren't given much responsibility. You can't tell some people they can log into a server and others not, so we were reduced to the lowest common denominator. We were a network operation center where no one was allowed to interact with any network equipment. Lowest common denominator, you say? Meet my new supervisor, Karen. Not her real name, but definitely her real spirit. Been here for over 20 years and got the job solely based on seniority. She was a sociopathic narcissist and one of the most unpleasant people I've ever encountered. Shortly after I was hired, we were bought by another hospital and combined data centers. Karen was demoted to shift lead and had to work with us in the 24-7 rotation. She was very bad at her job and our responsibilities diminished to very little. We had no agency to fix problems of our own because it had to be a problem that Karen could solve and Karen was both lazy and stupid. After a couple of years, I was promoted. On my first day after they announced the promotion, she said, you will fail straight to my face. But she had a powerful tool at her disposal, the hospital bureaucracy. Since the place was unionized, the hospital had a just cause firing policy instead of an at will policy, even for non-unionized employees. This is, I think, generally a good thing, but on the edges, it set up ridiculous situations where it was impossible to lose your job unless you were really egregious about it and repeated violations, or you just showed up drunk. We had someone steal computer equipment and they kept their job. It was nuts. And Karen had been there for nearly 30 years. So she wasn't getting fired without a lot of work. That's okay, she was terrible at her job. One of the most important things about the job was monitoring for an alert which would pop up. And there was a procedure we had to go through in order for some data to go through. If we didn't do this, then a nurse wouldn't get their lab results back. So in one case, an alert came in. Karen saw it, then decided to keep browsing the web. Because of this, a patient from the cardiac ICU was going into surgery, and the doctors and nurses operating on the patient couldn't get a white blood cell count, I think. I'm not a doctor, I just work in a building with a lot of them. Something very dangerous for this patient. And the patient died. This still didn't get Karen fired! The reason from HR, well, <clears throat> it didn't directly lead to harm. She didn't even feel bad about it, just a complete soulless sociopath. I'm real pro-worker in general, but some jobs you just absolutely have to do. I was so mad, she had to go. I kept a paper trail of everything she messed up. It wasn't nitpicky, literal life and death stuff here. Verbal warning, first written warning, second written warning, final written warning, termination. A slog, and I'd rather spend my time doing literally anything else. But that's the way it went. Then she figured out she could work the system. 
As she approached work Armageddon, termination, she would tell HR she was being harassed. The person harassing her was different every time, which would trigger a mandatory investigation. The investigation took about six months. They wouldn't find anything, and we would carry on. Except these warnings. They had a six-month expiration, so she could always reset the clock when it got close. Everyone was helpless. Even the CIO couldn't do anything about it because of the bureaucracy. Karen was a menace, and the entire IT department had to interact with the data center staff, and that meant interacting with her, and she was universally disliked. She had about 20 years until retirement, and she would outlast the heat death of the universe. Then, I had an idea. What if, under the guise of developing skills relevant to the 21st century, required everyone working in the Network Operations Center to pass a Net Plus exam? It's not a difficult exam, but it's not trivially easy. I felt pretty sure everyone on the team fell above the line between able to pass and not able to pass, except Karen. We would give everyone better titles, a significant pay rise, and entrusted to do more with the equipment, which is something everyone desperately wanted. Then people could actually leave the hospital with transferable skills and do something else if they wanted and not feel trapped. I spent three years in meetings with HR, with my director, with the CIO, with HR again, job description meetings that took six hours to tweak small wording, hundreds of hours in meetings, red tape hell. Absolute red tape hell. Do you have any idea what it takes to approve a significant raise in a bureaucratic muck factory like that? But the raises were crucial because it would absolutely not be fair to ask this of them. Pass a test or lose your job without a large carrot attach would lead to a mutiny. And then it got approved. I also wrote the exam requirements into my own job description. It was important to still be able to do the job and not let my skills lapse just because I was promoted. Also, this meant I could cover for people when they were on vacation or sick. Plus, I also got that sweet, sweet pay bump. It went over well. I was nervous, but the plan made sense and I was able to communicate that. People would be more marketable. The job would be more interesting. And most importantly, they would be making 20% more than they were before. And I think it really helped that I also gave myself the same requirement when I absolutely could have chosen not to. The hospital would pay for off-site training. They would still get paid their full hourly during the training, including shift differential for second and third shifts. We paid for all the materials. I scheduled eight hours a week for people to go someplace quiet and study. The job itself had a ton of downtime so people could study, but this was formally carved out time. We paid for the exam, and if they failed, we'd pay for a second attempt. We were given eight months to pass the test. So this is how it was for the eight months. I did not want Karen to have any excuse whatsoever and somehow convince HR that this process was rushed or unfair. Everyone passed on the first attempt except Karen. Karen did not pass her second or third attempt, a bonus attempt. Karen, being the classic narcissist, thought this was somehow all about her. 
that this was a vast conspiracy engineered over multiple years and hundreds of hours just to get rid of her, and she would tell everyone with an earshot that what was going on. Yeah, okay, Carol. You realize how insane that sounds, right? Not everyone is about you. Sheesh. Well, okay, in this case, it is. But still, only I and two other people know that. I remember the exact time and date we told her. She was in such deep denial that it could ever happen. She thought she was bulletproof. I don't think I will ever achieve anything more satisfying in my career. I'm not usually one to take satisfaction in seeing someone's livelihood go, but she was uniquely awful. She was a patient danger, and it had been nearly a decade of working with her by this point, and I was just sick and tired of her bullshit. I was a hero the day after she was fired. I went to the main office for a meeting and people were congratulating me like I just had a kid or won a marathon or something. Even the CIO. They were just happy for me that I didn't have to supervise Karen anymore. But in my head canon, they were congratulating me for pulling off this elaborate plan. Morale back at the data center was also high. We learned interesting things. A couple of my co-workers left for better gigs elsewhere. The ones who were content staying were able to stay, and we all had more money in job security. And because anything could set off a bullshit Karen harassment complaint, people were stressed out about working with her. Her being gone was like a breath of fresh air. Newcomers were told stories of Karen, and they seemed exaggerated. They were not. Getting Karen fired is my greatest and most difficult accomplishment and I can't even put it on my CV. Well, guys, thank you ever so much for being with us here on this fantastic episode of the RR Show. I can't wait to see you in the next one, so make sure you're following along on whatever platform it is you're listening to this on. And until next time, guys, thank you so much once more. Peace out. Take care. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Do you enjoy science, spooky stories, and all things paranormal? We do too. While we would love for most paranormal stories to be true, we are here to tell you that they probably aren't. But that doesn't make them any less fun to speculate about. We are the Spooky Science Sisters podcast. In this podcast, we bring you bi-weekly discussions on possible scientific explanations behind the supernatural. Backed up by research articles and other credible sources, we do deep dives into things like archaeology and physics and share in-depth discussions with topic experts. Visit us at SpookyScienceSisters.com to listen to a couple of skeptics debunk some of your favorite alien encounters, cryptid sightings, and ghost stories with science, sass, and a significant amount of laughter. Thank you and stay spooky.